Welcome to the podcast Crucified. This is where we talk about godly Christian things and topics and encourage us and I want to encourage everyone to seek God, to know God, to follow His ways. Are you living the crucified life? Are you living a life that pleases God? I pray that this podcast will also serve as a blessing to you and it will serve as a supplement to your fellowship with the Lord. It wouldn't be your main meal. It would just be like the snack, the apple, but it wouldn't be your main meal. I challenge you to seek God on your own. I challenge you to hear His voice, to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I pray that this would serve as a blessing and all the glory be to God. So let us get into it. Turn back. I started reading the Old Testament once again and I'm in the prophets. I'm reading Ezekiel right now and I came across chapter 8 and it just stood out to me. Chapter 8 verse 16 to 18. And he, which it refers to what looked to him as an appearance of a man, which I suppose Jesus, but... We're going to just use the Son of Man. And he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. And behold, at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty-five men with their backs to the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, worshipping the sun toward the east. Then he said to me, Have you seen this, O Son of Man? Is it too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit the abominations that they commit here? They should fill the land. That they f- should fill the land with violence and provoke me still further to anger. Behold, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act in my wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. This is crazy to even imagine. It makes sense to worship the sun or something else, someplace else. Nope, they do it right by the temple of the Lord. It would still be an abomination if they did it someplace else. But it is even worse doing it by the temple of the Lord. They had their backs turned against the temple of the Lord, which had the presence, the holiness, was right behind them. Literally, they had to just turn their head around, turn around, and they would see that they worship the sun. You see, many Christians, so to speak, do the same exact thing today. Go to church, read the Bibles once in a while, and prayer? <laughs> Who does that anymore? Oh, if I don't forget before I get my get on my comfy bed and go to sleep, I'll say a quick prayer so God protects me, saves me. You know, He would forgive me if I did anything wrong, so if possibly I die, I would end up with God. And there you go, I'm saved. I put on a mask. I live as if God is fine with me and that he's cheering me on. I live a miserable life. I live a hypocritical life. But who says God sees? (laughs) It's like he even cares. In Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 12 higher, it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark, each in his room of pictures? For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the, the land. The reason I live the way I do is because the Lord does not see. If He did, He would do something. Nothing happens, and I continue to live my life, and day by day goes by. Who do I worship today? Where does the majority of my energy 
my time and thought go towards? What are my priorities and goals in life? Where am I headed? We need to get this figured out all the way because there's no what ifs or buts. What if this, but this. If I call myself Christian and go to church and do all of these religious things, so to speak, I need to think everything through. I need to count the cost. I need to know what my intentions are. And if I don't know, I ask God, God, reveal to me the thing that you hate. And I urge you to do the same thing, to ask God to reveal to you the things that he hates. And I know it's not an easy task. It is burdensome. None of us want that. God, what is the thing or what are the things that stand between me and you? Why do I not see your movement in my life? There's things that God will not compromise with and he will point those out if we ask him. Sincerely, he will point those out. Are we ready to let them go? Are we ready to sacrifice them for the sake of Christ? Are we ready to let them go? But if we truly love God and want to honor Him and glorify Him, we will listen obey. We will respond correctly to the response of God with God's help. And let us not make the same mistake Israel made. Isaiah 65, 12, another passage that touched me and I've been thinking about these past couple of weeks. I will destine you to the sword, and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. But you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. You might be asking, how do we turn our backs to the Lord? Just like that. By doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord, doing what God prohibits, doing what God does not delight in. And how will I know if I'm doing what I'm doing pleases or displeases God. It's by having a relationship with Him, by spending time with Him. And I know this sounds so basic, this sounds so vague, this sounds so common, and many people say this, and I say this. You want to know God's will for your life. You want to see God move in your life. It's, it starts with the relationship with Jesus Christ. And He speaks today. The question is, do we listen? It's not the question of, does He speak? He does speak. Open up your word. Go to your Bible, close that door, spend time with Him, and not on a rush. Do we take it seriously? And when God speaks, do we take it to heart and take it as the Word of God? Do we take it seriously knowing what kind of authority God has? You can say a word and I'll be gone today. God isn't someone we want to mess with. I want to say that. And confirming that, we can read this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29 to 31. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's We don't want to mess with him, and there's no point of turning or back to Him, to go in against Him. And some of us, by the way we live, I just want to say, have our backs turned to God. We're not interested in what God has to say, what He has planned for us. It's like we don't even care. It's it's sad to see, and I see it sometimes in my life, and I pray that God will continue to do this work in me, and He would do His work in all of you listening to this or watching this. 
I call us to repent and to hurry for the day of the Lord is coming soon. Today is not the time to indulge in sin, indulge in your prosperity and to live for ourselves, to get the job, get the money. This is the time to wake up. Today is the day of salvation and I want to call us once again to urgency. That's what we lack and that's what we need today is urgency. We know little what goes on in the spiritual world, but I want to say that it is real and it is getting more tense. Why? Because the devil knows that he has little time left. So what does he do? Reread this in Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, who dwells in heaven. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Why did the devil... What's the devil's mission here on earth? It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He doesn't play games. He doesn't, oh, you want that? Okay. He will attack you. He will deceive you. He's a deceiver. He is a liar. And we need to watch out for the traps of the devil. We need to watch out for the deceptions. And how do we do that? Like I said, relationship with the Lord. Be grounded in scripture. Read your Bible. Pray. Seek the Lord. Let us not make peace with sin also. We know the story of Samson, a great, strong man who let sin enter into his life. It all started from the beginning when he allowed himself what was not allowed by God. What seemed little, what seemed not big, what seemed, what kind, what is this going to do? What kind of big deal was this if I let this in my life? And then we see the Spirit of God leaves him, and we can read this in Judges chapter 16, 20-21. And this is after Delilah cut his hair, she set him up, and after multiple times failing, she finally succeeded in persuading him to tell her what the secret is of his strength. And so he tells her, and we read, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. Right there, that phrase in itself is wrong. I will go out as the other times and shake myself free. We see two different people, Samson and David. David goes in the name of the Lord God and he knows who stands behind him. He knows that he doesn't do it by himself. Samson, he says, I will go. My strength, myself, I will go. He could have said, I will go out as the other times with the power of Jesus Christ. But he said, no, I'll do I'll shake myself free. I will do it just like previous times. But the scary part is the next phrase. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles and he ground at the mill in prison. How scary is that? Not knowing that the Lord left you. How scary would it be to go to the battlefield thinking God still got your back and this and this and yes, God got me covered when he isn't with you. And this happens when we turn our back to God. This happens when we live ourselves and people turn their back towards God when they get bored of God. That's just the way I see it. It's when they don't get what they want from God. The God in their imagination isn't the real God so they leave and live their own life. They might still do religious rituals and everything and go to church and read the Bibles once in a prayer. And you can't forget about prayer before bedtime. But their hearts can be far from the Lord, just like the Pharisees. And we can read this in Matthew 
15 chapter 7 to 9 verses you hypocrites well did isaiah prophesy of you when he said this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me in vain do they worship me teaching us doctrines and the commandments of men if we haven't noticed yet god takes this real seriously god does not care about as much about our income how famous we are what jewelry we wear what car we have what house we have what kind of things we have in this life god cares about my relationship with him and how i interact with god there's a place in malachi chapter 1 verse 6 that touched me for oh it's been months maybe years and it's been keep coming up to my mind it talks about how if the Lord, if God is our Father and He's our Master, then where's our honor? Where's our fear towards Him? And then it talks about how the priests despise Him. They bring lame and sick sacrifices. And it's just a horrible, horrible picture and how it relates today in our time where we give God the extras. And we need to know God is a jealous God. And if you don't believe me, I urge you, Read your Bible. I'll read just one passage where it says that God is jealous. There's many passages, but in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 8 to 10, it talks, it's talking about the Ten Commandments. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments so we see here that god is a jealous he does not want us creating idols carved images things that we worship and we worship many things in our life we could worship many things we like where does our time and energy go where does our time and energy go like I already talked about but we also know that God is not just a wrathful God he is a merciful God and we need to understand that and we need to come before God with humbleness and repentance and come to him and repent and if today I'm living a hypocritical life that does not please glorify or honor God then I need to turn towards Christ not turn my back on him don't get this wrong don't turn your back on him and i know this when someone turns their back on god it's done intentionally it's not done by accident like oh i didn't know god was there those people that turn their back towards the temple of the lord and worship the sun i know they knew for sure that the temple of the lord is right behind them that holiness purity god's glory is right behind them yet they rejected it they rebelled they hardened their hearts they were blind they couldn't see and they worship the sun and what good is there if i have my back turned to god just think about it yes you might have temporary sinful physical pleasures here but even moses we read in hebrews chapter 11 where it talks about the men of faith even then he rejected the pleasures because he would rather suffer with the nation of god because it's just so much better and there's so much meaning The only thing that I can think of from the word of God is that the wrath of God is coming on those who reject God, on those who don't worship God in the spirit and the truth. 
we can read something similar to this in Psalms 73. Asaph, he had the same struggle and the same thoughts. Why did the wicked prosper? Why does it seem like their life is all good and they don't have any sufferings? Have I really kept my heart clean and my walk before the Lord pure and vain? All of this changed when Asaph, he went into the sanctuary of God. And I highly recommend you reading the psalm if you haven't yet. But I'll pick up from verses 16 to 20. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. It was, it was hard to understand this. It didn't make any logical sense, right? Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Little like a dream, when one wakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. This is what we should know. God put them on slippery paths. Yes, they might have some physical pleasures here, but they will still feel empty inside. They will not be fulfilled. They won't have that joy and peace in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And Asaph, for Asaph, it was different. Verse 28 we read, But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I might tell of all your works. This is like a simple recipe, I would say, for us Christians today. It is good for us to be near God. Be near God. Spend close, intentional time with Him. Make the Lord your God your refuge. Go under His wings. Trust Him. Put your hope in Him. And also, don't keep this to yourself. Tell it to others. Asaph understood this just like David and that I may tell of all your works. David constantly says that I would sing your joy to others. Make it known to all the nations. How can we keep this to ourselves? How can I just stay quiet? I need to share this with other people. Encourage other people. And I challenge us to look over our lives. In what aspects of my life have I not given up to the Lord yet? What idols dwell in me? What are the things that I hold on to that don't glorify God? Do I have my back turned towards God? What's my lifestyle look like? Maybe I'm neglecting His Word, the Holy Spirit. Maybe I've already grieved the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I, ask and I pray that this Word would be a blessing. It would do its work. And let us know and believe in Psalm 1611, which writes, You make known to me the path of life in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let us not run to this world. Let us know that our joy, it concludes and starts with Christ. If we want pleasure, we go to Christ. With God, there is a purpose to life. When you give your life into the hands of God, He will never leave you or forsake you. He's a faithful creator. Have we turned our back to God? How am I living? I just want to challenge us to rethink this and to really put thought to this because God cares. And like I said, many of us are living life the way that those Israelites did, had their back towards the temple of God and they worship. We continue living our own life. God speaks to us. But God's mercy is not forevermore. His wrath and judgment is coming. Now ask and I urge you to repent, to look over your life, to come to Jesus. Be blessed.